welcome back. Quite a surprise because I think in our last episode, we said we were going to be gone for two weeks, but no, it has only been a week and here we are back again. Just some, you know, scheduling problems with the hospital. Nothing too. Don't get me started. Nothing too massive. But yes, um, we are back this week and we'll be back for another week after this. And then we will take that second week off that we were supposed to take off this week, that week. So unless you're confused, we'll be back for two more weeks and then we'll be off again. And then we'll be back again for playoffs and lots of fun new stuff. But as of right now, we're back right now. Alessia, can you design like a little wraparound calendar for our Instagram? (laughs) So people can understand. Anybody was, yeah, confused about my my explanation there because sometimes it's not that good. But either way, we are back and we have a good episode. We're going to kind of touch upon the trade um, I never know what to call them, the trade the trade prospects, the trade, the players that were traded. Trade food. Weeks, yeah, the people that were traded a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to touch base and kind of see how they're doing on their new team. We have a couple new things to talk about this, this week in terms of newsroom. And then at the very end, as per usual, I'm going to ask Grace and Alessia for their pick of a brand new topic this week. So let's get right into things and we'll talk about some brand new news brand new news (laughs) okay never mind (laughs) the wraparound with grace alessia and marjorie Some news that just came out, um, and it's regarding Chicago Blackhawks forward Andrew Shaw and his retirement. So the 29-year-old forward announced his retirement after facing numerous concussions throughout his career. He has played in 10 NHL seasons and has a total of 116 goals and 247 points in 544 games between Chicago and the Montreal Canadiens. He's also won two cups with the Blackhawks in 2013 and 2015. And yeah, so unfortunate set of circumstances, but of course, health always comes first. And he was also talking about how he had to kind of put, you know, his family as a number one priority, you know, who wouldn't? So my question to you guys is what will it take for the league and the sport itself to take concussions seriously? It's a good question because what will it take? Because we've seen examples across other pro leagues. We've all seen the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix. We've seen countless other examples of concussions in the NFL specifically. And players have had to quit the game at all levels of hockey because of concussions. And I've seen it happen up close in junior where the team just ignored concussion protocol and the player suffered for it and is still suffering for it. And at this point, it, it almost seems hopeless that any league will take this seriously but like that's all we can do right now is hope that they will and I remember writing an essay about concussions in professional sports last year and it just enraged me looking at all the examples that like pro leagues had and they just never moved anything on it yeah particularly with Shaw like I love the energy that he brought to the Canadians like 
It was incredible. I really liked him in Montreal. And, you know, it's unfortunate that concussions that he sustained was kind of like the huge factor that led to him having to retire. So, I mean, going forward, hopefully the league puts more importance and more emphasis on player safety, especially with concussions, because, you know, it's kind of hard to see a player that was so energetic and so good kind of have to take a step back and be like, hey, my health is first. This is the right decision. So. Hopefully going forward, we'll see some more improvements when it comes to player safety. Yeah, I think it, it's sad, but it ultimately comes down to, you know, the culture surrounding the sport because, you know, people always talk about, especially, um, you know, older generations who are fans of the game talk about how, you know, it's just part of the game. You have to suck it up and kind of quote unquote, play like a man and, you know, sustain all of these things in order to be seen as a good hockey player. And so it's sad to see such a young player um, forced kind of into retirement and, um, you know, having to give up a dream really, really early, even though, you know, he's, he, you know, reached the ultimate goal. He won two cups with the Blackhawks, but still, I'm sure there's probably, there would have been a lot more years left in him if it had not been for these unfortunate kind of injuries. But Good to see that he's taking precedence. Well, health is taking precedence over kind of his career and he's putting himself first, which is which is nice to see. Moving along from that, talking kind of about the playoffs in there a little bit, we're going to talk about a couple of teams or a few teams who have finally clinched playoff spots for this coming Stanley Cup playoffs. So the Vegas Golden Knights were the first team to do so. And then Minnesota and Colorado kind of followed afterwards. And right now they are currently the only three teams who are in or who have secured their spot in the playoffs. But very exciting stuff because it means that more and more teams are starting to clinch those playoff berths. Vegas supremacy. That's all. <laughs> That's all I got to say. They've been playing really well. And funny enough, all three of these teams are in the West. So now there's only one spot left. And that will probably likely be between the Arizona Coyotes and the St. Louis Blues. So such a good fight in every division. It's super exciting to kind of see how this all pans out. But it's also funny, like Alessia, like you were saying, that just so happens to be that all these teams are in the West and there's like no other kind of team to, I guess, match them up against i know it's like where are your playoff brackets gonna go right now literally nowhere it's only the west division <laughs> it's like right now all people have to do is kind of just guess that is for this season we're gonna talk a little bit about next season now so apparently i don't know if this is some speculation or if there actually has been um a formal kind of announcement um, I can't remember where I was reading this off. I think I was reading this off the score. And yeah, and it was saying, according to Pierre Lebron. So it was saying that the NHL hopes to start the next season on October 12th. And this is this would be a week later than the usual start of a normal season. And training camps would start on September 22nd. So hopefully this plan can allow things, especially sports within North America, to get back to a normal pace. It's also pretty exciting because the league's 32nd franchise will play for the very first time that season in which we all know is Seattle. The Seattle Kraken, everybody's favorite team for the next five years. Yes. And, but like, let's be honest, they have the best logo in the league. Like, sorry, not sorry, but 
they have the best logo and also I think the best social media team also on colors I love their colors yeah the entire team is just going to be incredible I can't wait I'm very excited expansion drafts rule my life yes oh my god I'm so excited for the expansion draft but um but yeah so how do you guys think players will fare with such a short recovery time especially now with players having to go through the expansion draft and then having to go to a new team build a whole new team from scratch play with these new players um because let's say what the stanley cup playoff finals should be sometime in early june i want to say by the time players celebrate have their fun and have their partying they basically only have july mid of june july august to kind of rest because then Let's keep in mind these players are always training. So they're probably going to do in vigorous training starting towards the end of August. So I don't know. What do you guys think? How do you think that players, I don't know, will play or will, will you know, perform during this upcoming season? I'm not that worried about it, but go ahead, Alessia. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think the transition from this season to next will be a bit better than what we saw last season, just because of the pandemic and everybody trying to figure out schedules in terms of the playoffs but at the same time it's still going to be hard especially like you mentioned the expansion draft some people some players going to be going to new teams in a very short period of time so yeah I think like Grace said I'm not too concerned about it but I mean it's all about the players and what they feel and what they feel best exactly and like the this season's already been shortened so in a sense yeah they've already had longer rest I don't know like it's not they're not playing an 82 game season right so they'll have a longer time to recuperate most players will anyway if they're out in the early rounds of the playoffs and they've been through an expansion draft in the past few years so I think most kind of know what it's about and what to expect and they're a lot more prepared there isn't a long time between these drafts so I'm not super concerned about above average levels of exhaustion (laughs) I think they'll kind of maintain the same as they've been over the past well year and a half Yeah, I think I felt more bad for the players last season just because everything was so like chaotic to say, just because the league is trying to figure out the schedule, then the playoffs, and then the draft as well. So, And it was also like bubble or no bubble. And I feel like the players now kind of have like a sense as to what they're kind of going into this offseason as opposed to last season where it was kind of like up in the air and everything was like all over the place and players are trying to get used to kind of like the format I'm just excited out of all of this I'm just excited to kind of see the season start in October I don't know I feel like <laughs> if, for me that's kind of like bringing back a sense of normalcy I don't know why yeah. but um but yeah great great opinions I feel today I feel like today I'm off with my kind of segue so I'm sorry if like this sounds choppy segways today are kind of been derailed Seriously, yeah. I don't know. I have to, I have to like, I don't know, maybe watch a lot more podcasts to kind of get back on, on my segue kicker. That segue was my segue into this next segment. Today's open discussion is going to look a little different. We're not going to talk about various, I guess, topics within the league as of late. We're mainly going to take a look back on last week's, not last week's, two weeks ago and the trade deadline and all the top players that were, were traded to their new teams and how they're faring out on their new team so far. So first, we're going to talk about Mr. Kyle Palmieri and how he's doing on the Islanders. So he's only managed two points in eight games. Not the best. Um, but yeah, Alessia has a little bit more on that. 
Yeah. So like you mentioned, you know, two points in nine games, it's not the greatest. When you look at his production, what he was doing with the Devils in 34 games played, he had eight goals, nine assists for 17 points. So it's not, he's not doing as good as he was with the Devils and his only goal being a power play goal. So he has to be better five on five, obviously. But when we're looking at the trade that happened, one of the bigger trades of the trade deadline, obviously we're going to talk about uh, the Mantha and Verona trade, but there's also Travis Zajac, who's acquired by the Islanders, and he only has two points in eight games played. So when you look at the trade as a whole, considering the Islanders gave up a first round pick, both players need to be need to do a lot better. Yeah, so far they're not really giving much of their value. You could just say it's because they're trying to maybe adjust to the team, but as you guys are going to see, the next few players that we're going to be talking about, they've played a lot better for um, for the teams that they've been traded to. So next, we're going to move on to Taylor Hall. I know we've that been was talking a about segue. Thank I'll you. Give you props. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. You have to boost up my confidence a little bit. I really bit. do. <laughs> but uh, yes, with Taylor Hall, we've been talking quite a bit about Taylor Hall these past couple of weeks, but. I don't know, to kind of to my surprise, he's actually been playing very, very well in Boston. So he's managed six points in eight games, and Boston has greatly benefited from this acquisition because currently they're six and two out of their last eight games since they acquired Hall. I was going to ask you guys, has Hall finally found a place he can call home? Sure looks like it right now. I mean, yeah, the improvement's been so significant. And I also think that speaks to what kind of player Taylor Hall is. He really needs a good team around him to kind of bolster and support him so that he can be kind of a production machine at this rate. Uh, But both sides, meaning Hall and Boston, have definitely benefited from this trade. And I think it's kind of cool to see considering how much uncertainty conspiracy uncertainty was surrounding hall at the deadline i have no words left but i think boston kind of looks like a good place for him to hang out for a bit so yeah let's call it his home you know i think boston can certainly keep him for quite a bit they obviously have like we've said before they have the cap space to keep him they have you know the great players to help feed him you know goals and points and whatnot and so i think it's great to see tyler Tyler, Taylor Hall performing really well, especially feel like a lot of people have kind of been rooting for him as of late. You know, he's had quite a bit of misfortune with, you know, his luck and staying with teams. And so it's awesome to see that he's been able to manage these six points. And I'm sure he's going to rack up quite a bit more before this regular season is done. And it's also going to be interesting to see him play in the playoffs which is something three weeks ago we didn't think we'd get to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't think we've seen that in a while because now that I'm trying to think about it, when were the Devils last in the playoffs? You know what? We're not going to spend too much time on that. I because... don't want to answer that and offend yeah. somebody. So. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to. That, that'd be a whole different topic of conversation. But now we're going to move on to another big acquisition, which was Nick Foligno and him going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And can I just preface this kind of conversation with how amazing it is to kind of see him um, with the media before he started playing, um, before he started his first game and kind of talking about his dad and how excited he, he is to kind of play for the team because I feel like we don't, I feel like... T- players are really not that open 
in Toronto. Um, and so it's really nice. It's kind of a breath of fresh air to kind of see the way he's talking and also how enthusiastic he has been. I don't know. I, I just really like that. So now we're going to deep into the kind of the statistics of the situation. And so he's had, he's only played two games for the team so far, because obviously he had to do the seven day quarantine once he came into Canada, um, but two points in two games, he's added great offensive depth to the team and he seems to fit in right, fit right in with the team. So he doesn't really need that transition period that a lot of players need when they hop onto a new team. Um, especially because usually the Toronto Maple Leafs play a little bit different than other teams, especially in the States. And so it's been nice to see kind of him, you know, fit in right in with Matthews and Marner. I don't know. It's It's been great to see him on the ice. Grace, what do you think? I think he's been really impressive from when he first landed in Toronto, like you said, with the media, you know, and then he stepped on the ice and his presence was felt. It was noted. Um, and he's on the first line with Matthews and Marner and in a powerhouse top two lines from the Leafs. How is he making his presence known? It's, um, I think it's just really impressive, like you mentioned. And I honestly don't have any critiques for the guy, <laughs> like, which is surprising because <laughs> usually I come in here and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. But I, I got nothing. He was really good. I was really impressed. Yeah, like you guys both mentioned the first line with Matthews and Marner. When you look back to the start of the season for the Leafs, having Thornton with Matthews and Marner, I think Foligno is definitely kind of like a step up. It's kind of like an upgrade to Thornton on that first line. It looks pretty good so far. So I was not going to mention Thornton, so <laughs> I'm just going to piece right out of here. You don't, you do know, you know, oh my God, I can't speak. You know who I do think you'll critique is David Riddick. You'd say that but you'd be surprised really okay yeah. so i mean he hasn't been playing really that well you know he hasn't won um a game for the leafs yet but you tell me your opinions david riddick came in for the leafs during a five game losing streak so there was so much pressure being put on this goalie and we know the leafs goalie situation is a disaster right now in terms of like the media and fans nobody's happy with this goalie situation except for Jack Campbell and even then that got a little touchy at one point yes but just because Riddick's had a few rough games doesn't mean he's a total bust this guy came from Calgary not to mention he flew to Toronto with the team that he was leaving and then played them like the next night and look at the team in front of him when they played there was massive defensive holes during those games and it wasn't his fault you can't put all of this on Riddick he's adjusting Nick Foligno didn't need an adjustment period but David Riddick does it depends on who the player is right and fans were panicking everywhere Twitter was a disaster but the Leafs are first in the north so it's fine sweat it out That's brush fine. it off leave it alone just just let the guy adjust he'll come back in a week and he'll be golden I know you'd think you'd think I was going to come in here and just trash Riddick really for did. 20 minutes but I can't I'm in a very positive mood this week so he was lucky <laughs> I, think, I think that's a really fair what's the word I'm looking for analysis that you've given him and um it's true the media really loves to attack Toronto goaltending so I just I just came in here with like a shield and a sword and I was like <laughs> I am ready to defend David Riddick against all critiques yeah, I feel like I feel like any player who's coming in Toronto definitely needs some sort of media training or some sort of 
uh, therapy training to feel so bad <laughs> to undergo all of this uh, added pressure that a lot of hockey um, hockey markets and hockey cities within the league that do not have whatsoever. So even though Calgary always has some sort of pressure on them, but still. Um, very good analysis. And so since we obviously talked about the Leafs, it's only natural that we switch over to the Habs because it's not fair if me and Grace are only ever talking about the Leafs. So we're going to move on to Eric Stahl, who is probably, I want to say, one of the bigger names that was traded, uh, one of the first names to be traded, um, I should say. And he's only had two points in 12 games, hasn't been the best but hasn't been the worst either. And I'll hand it off to Lesia so she can kind of dive a little bit deeper. Yeah, so, I mean, he hasn't been great, but he also hasn't been awful. He's currently sitting at a plus-minus of minus eight. So, I mean, that first, like, that first goal he scored was pretty impressive. But since then, I really haven't seen too much from Eric Stahl. And, you know, when I'm looking at the roster, when it is healthy, I'd much prefer a player like Jake Evans or someone in the AHL who's trying to crack the lineup like Orion Paling, who brings more speed to the team because I feel like the team's identity, I mean, I don't know how much you guys pay attention to the Habs, but the team's identity coming into this season was speed and agility, you know, adding Tyler Toffoli, adding Josh Anderson. And I feel like kind of at the trade deadline, they kind of took a step back. Obviously, Eric Stahl is a really good player, don't get me wrong. But it did, I like personally, when I look at the fourth line, it did slow it down, which is why I'm saying like when everyone is healthy, I'd rather have a guy like Jake Evans or Ryan Paling there. So hopefully he picks it up. But like Marjorie mentioned, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been awful. So that's my two cents on Eric Stahl. Okay, now moving on from Eric Stahl, we're going to talk about another one of your Montreal pick, Celestia? Yeah, so I spoke a bit more about John Merrill the last episode because that was kind of like the guy I was more familiar with because the trade happened a bit before. And I think I said that he could potentially be Weber's partner, but I think what I meant is he could replace him on either the power player or the penalty kill just because he's similar to Weber in terms of being a stay-at-home defenseman, but he's a bit more mobile in his own end. But anyways... I'm going to focus more on Eric Gustafson because he's acted as the Canadian seventh defenseman in his first two games with the Habs and he's done pretty well. They've played him on the power play. He's shown signs of being speedy and he also has two points in two games with a plus minus of plus two. So hopefully things look positive for Eric Gustafson also for John Merrill as well. Who's playing with Romanov on the third pairing. So we'll see how it goes, but you guys kind of know where I'm at with the Habs in terms of defense because going into the trade deadline I was like Montreal needs a top four puck moving defenseman not two players who can act as in the bottom six or the bottom you know what I'm saying in the bottom four hopefully things look positive for both of these guys and we'll see where it goes once again we got our little Habs insider right here on the show (laughs) always I love Alessia's Habs Corner. It brings me so much joy. Guys, I try to keep it in check, like, <laughs> this season, being like, yay, come on, Mark Bridgman, please don't, you know, do something well. Like, please, just, like, impress me this season. We haven't had that, though. It's just, like, 
uncontrolled very hard to get a good um a good job mark bergevin from olesia nowadays i I have missed the bergevin slander though like just the the five minute rant live on the air of her being like bergevin could do nothing right my favorite thing is whenever me and grace are saying that like alessia slanders him and then alessia is like well no it's not that i hate him you know the thing is guys i'll say this he does do some really good trades. Josh Anderson trade. That was pretty good. It's looking great so far. Tyler Toffoli acquiring him. The thing about Bergevin is he can win trades, most of them, but I don't think putting together a cohesive team is something he can do really well. Okay. Wow. That's that's my two cents right there. That's a big one. <laughs> I loved it. You saw at the start of the season, everybody had such high expectations for this team. And right now it's like, what is going on? Like they had a coaching change and Ducharme brought like his kind of feel and his style. And then it's kind of like back to normal, back to relying on the vets. So like what's got to happen for this team to be good because they've already fired a coach. So now it's on Mark Bergevin. So that's why I'm critiquing him so hard. That's why I've been critiquing him so hard since last year, because something's got to give, like something's got to change here. I don't think I've ever seen Alessia this passionate before. Right? Usually she's but, pretty, usually she's pretty solid. Like she, she's like pretty. Oh yeah. Even. You know, she knows what she's talking about yeah. and she likes to talk about it. But right now we're just, we're at a different level. You can do the business transactions, but you cannot do the hockey transactions. Like you're okay, yeah. but also leave. <laughs> like please go. Yeah, like like I mentioned, done some good trades, but now let's look at actually building a competent contending team. Because like I, I don't know. It's it's like the internal frustration right now is coming out. Because even these past we couple can games, it. you just we look can at sense it. That's why when I mentioned like going into this trade deadline, you need a top four defenseman. If you look at the bulk of Montreal's defensemen, they're all st- almost all of them are stay at home except for potentially Romanov, Kulak, and Petrie. But what does Mark Bergevin do? He gets some older guys, and the defensemen that he got were good. Like they're doing their job, but like I said, that's not what it's gonna take to get to that next level. Anyways, please let's stop here before I go on another rant. <laughs> That was the most I've ever seen her talk about it. This is bringing me back to like the radio show last year, like the trade deadline where I'm like, can you please make a move and sell somebody? Because like, we're not going to make the playoffs. So let's like, let's do it now. Goodness gracious. I mean, if you guys please, uh, you know, tweet us, DM us, comment on our post about how much you love Alessia's a Habs corner and we'll make sure to incorporate more of it. <laughs> but the positive is, is that apparently... Cole Caulfield will be making his debut tonight. So that's what's keeping me positive right now. So <laughs> there you go. Oh my goodness gracious. I've never seen Alessia talk so much about this before, but I love it. I love it. That's what's keeping me happy right now. I love Your it. happiness is riding on a 19-year-old or 20-year-old hockey player. <laughs> and I love that. You heard that, Cole Caulfield? Please have a good debut for our poor Alessia right here who's suffering. Oh, man. Ah, okay. At well, least we're still on. in a playoff position. We'll move on because we're also... <laughs> This is going to go on forever. You think me and Alessia, I mean, Grace can talk a lot about the, the leaves. Look at oh, Alessia guys. go with the Habs. 
<laughs> guys, when you get me going, this is this and is she's just happens. going like we yeah. had no input either, and I love it. I'm like, please, I never please. have any input with the Habs ever. Maybe hey, just I, one. I, I let you guys go too. Never mind you two doing a show together next week. Let's just have Alessia do an hour of Habs oh talk. That's not that's not even enough for her. But yes. Oh yes. We'll move on or else we're going to go on forever. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the biggest trade, the blockbuster trade that ended the trade deadline, which was Anthony Manta and Jacob Vrana. So first we're going to talk um, quickly about Jacob Vrana and yeah, and the great performance that he had against Dallas, which gave him four goals. Yeah, that was a pretty good game for Vrana. Right now he's sitting at six points in five games, which is, you know, that's what everyone was expecting of him. Even Mantha, just to come out flying with their new teams, and they've both done that really well. But, like, when the trade initially happened, I kind of was siding with Detroit being kind of the winner just because of how much they got back for Mantha. And Jacob Vrana is doing really good, so we'll see how it pans out in the future. But, I mean, Anthony Mantha's on a roll, too, with the Capitals. Yeah, so Mantha has six points in six games with the Caps. Um, And then he's been a great addition to the team who's trying to fight for that top spot within the East Division. I think it's there's no doubt in the fact that, you know, the Capitals will be in the playoffs. But it's also, you know, not only are they fighting not really fighting, but trying to get into the playoffs, but also trying to get that top spot who I think currently um, is being held by the Penguins, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, Mantha has been, you know, an absolutely great addition to the, to the team. We all know the Capitals has an amazing team to begin with. You know, they're big guys who serve great games, you know, just great teamwork in general. And I think, yeah, I know words is hard right now. I'm trying to think of words. It's very hard. <laughs> well, you know, you, you mentioned that they're big guys. And right now, Alex Ovechkin is out with an injury. So this is an opportunity for Mantha to kind of show the powerhouse that he is and continue on this role of getting points. Because right now, it's looking pretty good for him. So Capitals will be depending on a guy like him going Thank you forward. for putting my thoughts <laughs> into a cohesive sentence. You're welcome. Like, thanks for writing my essay for me, Grammarly. That's basically I'm all like, that was. I'm like looking into nothing and I'm like thinking of words. I'm like, this does not make sense. When I see Marjorie's face, I'm like, okay, it's my turn to come and help you out here. Thank you. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I know what I want to say, but I'm like, I can't say it. And I don't know why. You know, it's just one of those What are days. words? It's one of those days, you guys. Sorry. But um, yeah, that rounds up. Wow, I said that with a really weird accent. That rounds up our kind of open discussion this week. Those were kind of the biggest trades that we kind of wanted to talk about, the ones we, we kind of spoke about the most a couple of weeks ago. But if there are any other players that you guys want to talk about or, or tell us about, please let us know because we love hearing kind of your thoughts on all of these players. But as of right now, that's the end of our list. And we're going to move on to my favorite segment, as always, which is me asking Grace and Alessia their picks. And I'm very interested to see if one, Grace has actually have one pick and not two picks. And two, if Alessia and Grace have different picks. So as per usual, we're going to start with Grace's pick. 
Oh, wait, I didn't even say what their what the pick was. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally about to say that. Yes, my question to you guys is who who is or what is your division to watch? We mentioned the Capitals and the Penguins and how tight it is. And when you look at the East, the whole top four is tight right now. So I'm going with the East. Plain and simple. The North's kind of sorted itself out already. Like Calgary's going to try and push, but, you know, there's kind of a consensus there. But then for me, I also think that the Central Division is pretty close up top with Carolina and Florida at 68 and 67, respectively, and Tampa's in third at 66. So you got bing, bang, boom, top three. And I think that that's going to be a really exciting thing to see play out. So, But yes, I completely agree with the Central Division. I remember, you know, number one fluctuates like crazy. One day it'll be Florida, the other day it'll be Tampa. Right now it's Carolina. It's a really nice kind of um, competition that they have going on over there. So (sighs) exciting stuff because now we're basically only weeks away from playoff time. Thank you. Thank you, Alessia, for, of course, giving me your pick nice and concise. And uh, Grace, you know your pick too. But yeah, like I said at the beginning, we'll be back next week. We'll be gone for a week and then we'll be back again. But I promise we'll be active on our socials. Please, you know, comment on our posts, tweet at us, DM us, let us know your thoughts and opinions. Um, Maybe we'll include some in next week's episode. But yeah, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed and talk to you next week.